We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. I'm uh, Neil McCready. That is Tyler Siski. Welcome into the show. It is uh, Thursday, January the 15th, 2 o'clock Central Daylight Time, as we uh, get started actually right on time, which is fairly rare for us. But uh, here we are. Um, Tyler, how are you? I'm good. Hey, this the peach rain. I'm, I'm, I'm going with a peach uh, rainstorm today. It literally smells like a fresh peach when you open it, like straight out of the basket. Oh. Like you can smell it. Like you can't smell strawberries from a strawberry drink and all that, right? Right. You can, it smells like fresh sliced peaches. Louisiana peaches. Georgia peaches. Chilton County peaches. Those are the two peaches that I eat. Okay. I'm, I'm after picking peaches in Lincoln Parish as a kid, I don't peached out. Yeah, that, that the fuzz gets on you, right? And jacks you up. Yeah, I've it told. Can, like, I've told make the your hands up. Yeah, well, what happens is when you pick peaches, you've got to have everything covered. You you got to wear gloves. You got to have your arms covered. You got to have your neck covered. You cover as much of your face as you can because of all the insecticides and the fuzz, and it itches really bad. Oh, it's like fiberglass. Somebody told me or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah, and if you if you scratch, you just it's awful. It's a wrap. You're done, <laughs> and so you don't, and so. It's hot, 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 hot. There's no doubt. Those were some days now. Those were some days. I mean. Chilton County in Alabama, which is right north of Montgomery, on 65, that's the popular peach area in Alabama. And then obviously Georgia peaches. Those are kind of the two that, because I grew up in northeast Alabama. Mm-hmm. So basically right in the middle of it. So that's what I grew up, you know, it's depending on. I worked at the grocery store as a kid. So that's, we kind of got both in. I would have to go to like off season stuff after picking peaches. And so I'd either go home and shower or go to the 
thing and shower, but you showered before you worked out. Oh, yeah. Because you'd had this stuff be just bad. all over you. You're like, I, be I, bad. I remember the first few times people were like, why are you showering before you're about to go out and run? And it's like, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm going to get this stuff off of me. I can shower again. <laughs> um. All right, let's crank it up. Um, we'll start. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Let me but, tell you first that we're brought yeah, to you by Rain Total Body Fuel. 300 milligrams natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits, achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. We're in the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Again, 662-257-1900. So we got the U.S. Open on today. I know you're excited. I don't know if you've just – I don't know how you've been able to remove yourself from the TV. It's been so compelling. I know you've been watching all morning. but Yes, I've been glued to the shots. Um, I saw where Jack Nicholas is seven under, and it's great. I'm really <laughs> proud of him. No, it's, it's actually a uh, – Where are they playing? At the L.A. Country Club in Los Angeles. Like okay. down, which is weird because it's not like LA on the beach somewhere, or, you know, Pebble Beach. It's downtown LA. Okay. Um it's a very interesting. They got a great setup this year, I think, cuz it's they have some scoreable holes, but then they have some carnage. I mean, you 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 miss just I mean, you can get unlucky and and it's no bueno. So you got some holes that you better birdie, you got some holes that you just better bogey. It's, it's, it's a good mix, so I'm excited. They're, they're going to let this bad boy dry out, though. I watched uh, the course superintendent was on, had, got interviewed yesterday. He said he's going to be – he literally said, we're going to be nice on Thursday and Friday, but there will be carnage over the weekend. Oh. Uh-huh. So all they got to do is stop watering that bad boy, and it's, <laughs> it's all she wrote, dries out. And uh, But it's, it's interesting. If you hit it, like as you're, we have it on TV, which people can't see from YouTube, but as you see, the grass around the rough and the greens is damn near – you can't, you can't do anything about it. Okay. So, don't you love when you get those phone calls at two o'clock? Like they know what you're doing at two o'clock on Thursday. Yes. Okay. Um, but no, it's it's good. Um, I'm enjoying watching it. But question I had for you is is I'm sure it's uh, are we having a real life uh, succession? Have you ever watched that show on HBO? I've not. It's the one. It's it's on my list of shows to try to watch. I have attempted to get into it a couple of times and I just can't get through the first episode. It's it's super slow at first. So and, and I know it's really, really good. Because if, if that many people tell you it's great, then it's great. You would enjoy it. I've just had a hard time getting into it. So I'm gonna try to get into it because I'm I need something to run to here soon. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Um I feel like the Jay Monahan medical situation, we're having a real life succession moment here. Um Happen out and oh, it's just a coincidence. I don't want to say anything, you know what I'm saying? But like, I feel bad. Like, am I an ass? No, I mean, no, of course not. We talked about this. I mean, the whole, the way it got handled was was bad. There's no way that that guy wanted to handle it that way. And so, he's taking some time off. They're pushing him out. Oh, he's gone. Do you, you don't think he comes back? No, no, no. Really? He's bye bye. <laughs> you don't think he comes back? No. No, <laughs> I'm interested. I want to see what happens there. I think was, that'd be great. All right. Uh, no, no way. Yeah, I do have three win bets uh, for the U.S. Open. I got uh, Xander. I think I got him at plus eighteen hundred, and he is one shot off the lead. 
I have Bryson, uh, which I, I saw he flipped it in there. I don't know what if he's going to get a birdie. I have Bryson DeChambeau at like plus 4,000. Okay. And then I have um, Colin Morikawa at plus 3,300, and he's not doing so hot today. So that was probably $10 I'll never get back. So, But, man, Xander can do it. I'll be in good shape. So there we go. I have nothing on anyone. Nothing on anyone. No. <laughs> you, I, this I, is the extent of my U.S. Open watching for the Right weekend. here, this is what you're going to watch? <laughs> this is it. You won't watch it on Sunday, back nine on Sunday, if it's like real Brooks and somebody else coming down the back nine. Probably not. Man. It just doesn't interest me at all. It's literally un-American. It just... It, I'm excited because... On a scale of one to ten, with ten being I can't turn away from this, and one being... Uh, I'm really close to like 1.1. 1. 1. Really? Yeah, it just doesn't... It. I, I just didn't ever play... And it doesn't interest me at all. Uh, Jason came in and said, Colin is only plus one good. He must have made some birdies somewhere I missed between uh, my office and Neil's house because he was not doing hot when I left the office. Um, it's probably, I imagine it's probably your opinion of golf is probably like how I am with soccer. We're probably vice versa in those two sports. No, I don't. I don't have anything against the sport well, I don't at all. You hate soccer. I don't you hate call it. it socialist. It is, it is communist sport, but it's still a sport. Well, where I grew up, the, you had to. <laughs> it was. It was just a. It was. It just wasn't. There wasn't a lot of golf availability. And then I've I've said this to people before. I mean, people get mad. now. People push back like soccer. People push back at people who don't like soccer. Right. I know that. Like golf people. Well, <laughs> I never played soccer, so I don't. I don't have a. I actually played soccer in third grade. Up until third grade. Yeah, I mean, I played like a year of YMCA soccer, yeah. but I never played soccer. Yeah, I kicked the ball. That was kickball. Um, <laughs> Remind me to tell you something. Go ahead. But like, I just I've, I've explained this to people. When you do what, and you you know this now, football coaches, you guys, it's kind of a part of your deal. Y'all go play golf together and stuff like that. Yeah. I I worked weekends basically every weekend since my mid twenties. If you work week, and I just I never had time to play. Um, when I was in Mobile, I traveled a lot. Yeah. I was not home much. Um, I didn't want to come home and in one of my two and a half days at home say, hey, I'm going to go to the golf course. And then I had a radio show. Yeah, you just had time. I just didn't have time. And golf's a game that if you're going to be any good at it, you got to play. You do have to play. Um, and then when I moved here, really to play, and people push back on this, like, you can go to the university course. Okay, I, I realize that, but. For the most part, people who play here go to the club. I don't. I'm not a country club person. I don't. I don't want to join the country club. I no interest. Nothing against the country club. I'm sure it's fantastic. I'm sure the people are amazing. It's just not my cup of tea. That's way too social for wanna, me. You don't want to do a live show out there one day? No. I mean, <laughs> well, look. I mean, when I got here in 2008, I didn't know that I was going to like walk into like a hostile situation, which is kind of what I did. And then, you know. 2015, 2016, the drafting things got. I mean, no, it's just not for me. I mean, I'm I'm not going to go out there. And so you know, I'm not going to play. And you then, think people hate you more in this town or hate me more in this town? Mm. <laughs> got to think about it. <laughs> Probably more. Uh, no, it's close. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, that's that's not it either. Bryson with a tweet tweet. What do you do? You got a birdie. Oh, okay. I was literally about to check Twitter. Oh, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what. That, that doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. I've like. I had a question in my mailbag this week. It was, um, how much has Oxford changed in the last ten years? And I was like, hell, I don't know. <laughs> That was my initial reaction. Was God, I don't know. I mean, I, well, North Point here, we've had a couple of houses down the street. Yeah, I mean, my neighborhood's added some houses. <laughs> you got a whole new um, neighborhood down here at the bottom of the hill. Yeah, and there's a whole new neighborhood. Yeah, <laughs> the bottom of the hill. Um, yeah, you know, my gym added a new squat rack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you um, couldn't tell me about the menu changes over at the grill house. <laughs> one of the one of the leg machines is out of order. Um, no, I mean. <laughs> Sometimes Chase will be in here and he's t- he'll say something about some place that he went to eat. And I'm like thinking to myself, never heard of that. <laughs> you know, do you know what's weird? It's just talking about Oxford being such a small town. And I've now lived here a long time for a, such a small town. You know, you would figure I've pretty much been everywhere. Uh, my wife and I's anniversary was last week and we went to go eat dinner last week. First time. I mean, I've got here, what, March of 12, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. No, I got here January of 12. And was here for 18 months and then left and came back. Been here back since, I don't know, 18, February yeah. 18. So, what, five, six years total? First time I've ever ate at Lenora's on the, off the square. Oh, really? Yeah. Six years. <laughs> I've been there a couple of times. I'm trying to think the last time I was I was there. No one cares. But it was good. This. Yeah, yeah. I've had good First meals. time I've ever been in there. I don't think I've been there in about nine years. Yeah, first time I graced the halls there, so it was good. Yeah. All right, um, let's switch to football. We'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and kick this elephant. I know we got to talk about this. I've been asked. Somebody hit me on Twitter with it about, hey, what do you think about this twenty four schedule release? Every 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 sports show in the history of sports shows is talking about this twenty four schedule release. And I, I maybe I'm the asshole. I don't. I could give two shits. What does it do? I mean, people trying to and then. Double double icky is when you're trying to predict schedules. Oh, it's a great schedule. Oh, it's a bad schedule. How the hell do you know what the schedule is going to look like two yeah. years now? The only thing that was interesting about it to me would have been from a fan perspective of okay, well, here's where my team's going to go play games. Like, or you know, is yeah. Or, Let's go book some hotels. Yeah, we can't do that now because you don't know dates yet. Are you going to go to Norman? Are you going to go to Austin? Are they coming to you? You know, like if I'm yeah. a, if I'm an Oklahoma fan or a Texas fan, yesterday was exciting because I'm going to go see some new places. Right, yeah, everyone up's new. You know that that part the the part about you know wins and losses. <laughs> What's your? I, I mean, <laughs> what I mean, you- <laughs> I mean, I say this respectfully, but how the hell are you going to do that? I mean, like. I, I, Hey, how about this? I don't even know. Like, I'm about to cover a season. I'm about to cover a team in a season <laughs> that has so many new faces yeah. that if you told I me, mean, literally, I had someone. Someone told me that another competing publication put out predictions yesterday. Oh, okay. Okay. Congratulations. And so I was like, "What'd they pick?" <laughs> and sounds good. One of them picked ten and two. Wow. Two of them picked nine and three, and one picked eight and four. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I can pretty much guess who picked what. And I was right. Got all got all four right. Um, who was Mr. Eight and Four? I'm out of curiosity. Roundsville. Okay. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, eight and Four was Zach Barry. Okay. Who does he work for now? On three. Okay. And, and again, I'm, hey, they might be right. I've never had a conversation with that guy. My way. point was, is I was like, man, if I tried to pick – Wins and losses on Ole Miss today, like I could do 
best case, worst case, right? I could do that. What I think is best case, worst case. And I'll do that at some point in 10 thoughts because you need something to write about. But like, if you, if you said, what do you gun to your head? What do you really think? My honest answer is, man, I don't know. I mean, they've got new receivers and this is like this all over the, all over the league is my point with, yeah. with a few exceptions. You got new receivers. You got 14 transfer portal guys on defense. How many of those guys are, are going to be able to play? How many of them are going to bust? Um, what does that do from a chemistry standpoint? All of those things. I, I, don't, I wouldn't know how to put a number on what I expected. And so you want me to do that a full year later <laughs> in this environment? No way. All right, so if you're an Ole Miss fan – Zero of your quarterbacks, if you if you do the go backwards in time, so not this not this past season, but the season before, which is what you would be doing going forward. Mm-hmm. Well, one of your quarterbacks was was not even playing yet. He finished the season play. Your starting quarterback probably uh, was was playing about half of a season at another school. Could be your starting quarterback was playing at Oklahoma State, <clears throat> and then your backup slash backup slash third team or whatever we're going to call this guy was a young puppy at uh at LSU or was he even at LSU? No, he was he was, he was a, in high school. He was a five star coming out of high school. Yeah, so like yeah. a lot changes, I guess is my point. A lot changes in two years. Well more than it used to change. Oh yes, yeah, night right? day. You know, if if in twenty seventeen you're like, hey, here's the twenty nineteen schedule, what do you think? Well you could have taken some educated stabs at it and I'm gonna steal a line from you off your show notes here. <laughs> if you've got Georgia on your schedule, you probably go, Well, it's gonna be a tough one. And if you've got Vanderbilt on your schedule, you're like, well that's one we ought to get. That's the and, only thing I got from this. And literally anything else, dude, I don't know. I mean, how in the world could I even – even Alabama, right? You notice I left them off that. Yeah, even Alabama, I can't – I can say out loud, hey, they'll probably be pretty good. They'll probably be a talented team. Yeah. But are they going to be as talented and as good as they've been in the past? Maybe. I'm not completely ready to say that. I think – if you look at your schedule and LSU's on it, you, you're like, that's probably going to be a probably going to have to wear our big boy pants. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I, again, how in the world could I project what Auburn's going to be in 2024? What Florida is going to be in 2024? What Kentucky's going to be? I in mean, 2024? LSU had arguably the greatest team, arguably the greatest team in the history of college football in 2019, and then the next year their coach stunk and they got fired. Yeah, and that you was, know what I'm saying, and like, that was before the portal. That's before the portal. So and so that's that's my thing is like you know, <clears throat> what's how would you how would you? I think you can maybe and boy I'd be nervous doing this. You could even kind of look at trend lines like okay South Carolina kind of trending up. Okay, well what if Beamer in two years is not there? Yeah, or what if they have a hard time replacing Spencer Rattler? Yeah, I mean there's so um, many. I mean you know like if like, you I, my whole point with Alabama was Nick. Nick's going to be 72 in October. Yeah. I fully expect him to be the head football coach at Alabama in 2024, by the way. Right. But he's going to be 72 in October. What if they win and he decides, you know what? I've broken all the records. I am going to go hang out with the grandkids. Sure. How do you think that place is going to look like a portal wise when he leaves? Or if, you know, a health thing pops up. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's anything, right? And so you see, you look at, you look at trend lines and and frankly, there, there aren't many trend lines anymore that, that you can, feel like you trust like i think people will look at missouri for example and go oh that's one we ought to get could be but they were really close to being a lot better than they were last year and if they were a little bit better at quarterback they would have won some games maybe they solve quarterback 
I wouldn't. Better. I wouldn't say to. I, that, I'm with you. My only point that I could ever say looking at this schedule is like I'm pretty. I feel pretty good about saying you can probably look if you're playing if your team whoever's whatever team you pull for listening. If they're playing Georgia, you can probably count that as a, as an L. Yeah, a likely L. And certainly. if your team is playing Vanderbilt, I don't care what year it is, what team does it. Every team that goes the does the, goes does the list thing. But I'm saying every team, every fan yeah, sees that Vanderbilt. Was before, that was before the Clarkley era. And they, but they do. They put down. They put down a W. Every team does. Now they're have not you going. Seen, have you seen Clarkley? He looks just like you. He's a handsome, handsome I mean, young man. I'm trying to catch the trend, by the way, but. But normally they do. That's the only two things that you can really put down is like. I don't know if you noticed. They won some games last year, and a lot of it was because the other team kept looking over at him. The ball would get snapped. They weren't ready because they were the, like staring at him. I think the light him. was hitting off top of his head, maybe and it, it was blinding the, the receivers, it was. and, and maybe he was, was dropping balls. So I think it's pretty good. Good strategy. All right. No, I mean, I just I just look at it, and other than, okay, here's the trips that your team's going to take. Here's the teams that are coming to play at your stadium. I don't know how much you can really get out of it. I did think they did a pretty good job of making it as making it appear as balanced as they could. It was pretty. Uh, it's pretty. It's going to be pretty good for I think for old, even older SEC fans because you're you're playing either Texas or Oklahoma one, so you got that new one. But I noticed they kind of had it balanced between East and West, like the old East and West. Like you didn't play just two teams on the other side. You were just pretty balanced. So I, that was pretty uh, – you're going to get to see a lot more old-school traditional East or old-school traditional West teams depending on who you're um, pulling for. But, I mean, if they'd wanted to protect Alabama or Georgia, for example, they sure as hell wouldn't have had them play each other. No. Because now one of them's going to get an L. I mean – That th that whole narrative of they're trying to screw us and people are cheating, that, that, that one – that one doesn't go very far with me. Yeah, I I've mean, been on both sides of it. I've been. I, I. I think that's that's excuses, in my opinion. I don't. I don't like the screw. Oh, they screwed us, or this or that. Nobody's trying to screw anybody. Because um, guess what? The SEC makes just as much money if you win if the other team wins. Yeah. So I. I Same don't know. Price. I mean, you know, I was curious to see what they would do with Texas and Texas A and M, and they did exactly what I thought they would do. They put it in College Station in year one. Shocker. It's cool. I mean, if, you know, the, the schedules of interest are Oklahoma's, right? If you're Oklahoma, you're like, um, you know, hey, we're going to get Alabama at home. South Carolina probably hadn't played at Oklahoma. Georgia at home too, right? Uh, no, they get Tennessee at home and then Texas in, in uh, Dallas. And then they go to Auburn. So if you're an Oklahoma fan, you probably hadn't played at Auburn before. Or it's Not been, that I can remember. Or it's been a minute. Not that I can remember. Um, you're going to go to LSU. That'd be a fun experience. And if I'm TV people, I'm like, sign me up for Oklahoma LSU. I'm, I'm in. Well, a bunch and, of them. And uh, you, you're going to go to Ole Miss. Yep. And you're going to go to Columbia, Missouri. So you're going to go to places that if you're an Oklahoma fan, you pretty much haven't been. And if you're a Texas fan, you're you're, you're going to get Florida at home. That, that'll be a, a big ticket in Austin. You get Georgia at home. Ditto. That's what I was thinking of. Um, Kentucky. I don't. I, I doubt if Kentucky has played in Austin many times. <laughs> No, um, Mississippi State. If they've probably played in Austin sometime, but it's been decades. Yeah. Um, and then you go to Fayetteville. They were in Fayetteville a few years ago. They get Oklahoma and Dallas. They go to College Station, a game that everybody will talk about. And they go to. I'm glad that game's back. Yeah, I am too. And they go to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. That so, was one. That was a game as growing up as a kid. That was the Friday afternoon game. You know, growing up as a kid, I love that. I love that game. Friday after Thanksgiving, that was just kind of a staple. 
you know, when I was a kid, we would go to uh, my Uncle Tom and Aunt Sandy, who now live in Memphis, but they lived in Chattanooga at the time. We would always do Thanksgiving at their house or whatever, right? And then my mom and my aunt would and my grandmother would go out shopping, you know, back when people actually shopped in stores, would do the Black Friday shopping. Mm-hmm. And then me, my uncle, <clears throat> and my dad and my brother, we would go to a local sports bar, eat lunch, and watch that game. That's just kind of what we did on Friday. It was kind of tradition, you know? Yeah. And uh, that game went away. That was kind of sad. You know, they protected the three <clears throat> neutral site games. Um, they did. I, I was surprised, but they did. Texas A&M, Arkansas, Texas, Oklahoma. I was low-key hoping, hoping that the Georgia-Florida game would get, get on campuses. They don't, they don't want to do it. They, they mean The coaches do. The coaches do, yeah. but the, the, the 80s yeah. the schools don't. Schools don't. Yeah. All right, let's shift gears a little bit because that's about all the 24 talk I can handle. Let's okay. talk some 23. All right, and what I want to talk on the 23 is I kind of came across this. I mean, it's been out there. I don't know why I haven't. I just have had other things to do, I guess. I had a phone call from an agent and wanted to go over some quarterbacks because he was looking at, you know, possible guys of trying to sign for the 24 class and all that stuff and was asking me about guys. And so I just go, hey, I'm going to pull a list of, you know, draft-eligible quarterbacks in 24 class and start going through them. And, dude, I realized real quick, this may be the deepest year of college quarterbacks that I can remember. I'm like, I mean, there's 25 guys that can play. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe more than that, that can legit play, that are good college quarterbacks. Now, they may not be – some of these may not be great pro quarterbacks, but I'm like, damn, he's back, he's back, he's back, he's good, he's there. Mm-hmm. We all know about Caleb Williams. There's no reason to talk about that. It's crystal clear how good he is. Sure. Uh, Drake May, I think most of the people now know his name, the quarterback in North Carolina. If you haven't seen him play, he's a stud. Mm-hmm. Um, he's legit. And then you start going down this list and you start looking and you're like, all right, let's look at, you know, you got Michael Penix Jr. who's getting all kinds of hype in, in Washington. I personally am not that high on the guy, but he wins a lot of games. A lot okay. of people think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't. Um, my, I am part, uh, probably biased on this because every time I – Bet on Washington, he screws me. He throws like four picks, and when I bet against him the next week, he throws nineteen touchdowns. Yeah, that's not scientific. There. Yeah, yeah. He so, but he's he's just he's inconsistent. I don't. I think he's got a slow delivery, but he's still a good college quarterback. You know, he's won a lot of games. Okay. You got Jaden Daniels mm-hmm. at LSU. LSU. Yep. You got Frank Harris, who's the quarterback at at UTSA, who's right. been there for eight hundred years. You got KJ Jefferson, who obviously is really good. You got Grayson McCall at Coastal Carolina, who's been there 100 years and, and knows how to win football games. He's going to win a ton of football games, not have a great pro career, but he is. he's going to have a good college season. J.J. McCarthy at Michigan's a real deal. You got Bo Nix back for year 46 at, at Oregon. Yep. Great decision by him because Bo Nix is one of these quarterbacks, in my opinion, because it's going to be a clear one-two in the NFL draft. I think that's done. My, and something happens unless Drake May falls off the planet. It's going to be one-two with Caleb Williams and Drake May, but that third quarterback, there's freaking fifteen guys that can be can be that third guy. And Bo Nix, he had, he was really good last year, a lot better than he was at Auburn. He takes another step, comes back. I mean, he's got he he's good enough to be the third quarterback. Now, will he? He could be third or fifteenth. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but there's a big swing there, right? You got Michael Pratt at two lanes back, yeah. really good player. Yeah, a lot of the Ole Miss fans that listen, y'all be able to see him up close and personal. Good quarterback. Great college quarterback. And then the one in the SEC that I want to talk about that no one is talking about. Like, I don't know if they've never watched the guy play, which they probably haven't, but this guy is legit. 
and I heard you talking about it on your podcast, and I and I texted Chase and gave him shit because I heard it on the podcast. Is Devin Leary at Kentucky? Yeah, this guy can fucking play now. I know. This guy's legit. I know. I think. Listen, I I think Kentucky's. I think Kentucky's got a real shot to be a better team than people are giving them credit for. We we do this all the time. It drives me. You 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 have icks. Yep. One of my icks in college football media and fans are bad about it. Really bad about it. Drives me nuts. I mean, as nuts as anything in college football can drive me. The, well, Kentucky's all or fill in the blank has always been mediocre, so they'll always be mediocre. Yeah. Why? That's what I'm saying. Like, or, well, they. I think people keep doing this thing with. I don't want to use specific. There's there's a handful of programs that were once dominant that are no longer dominant. And the media, especially national kind of guys, always prop them up like, well, they're going to return to dominance. Well, they might. It's not guaranteed. Um, I mean, I, I always use Alabama as an example. Yeah. When I was in covering Alabama, I, I, I semi-covered Alabama for most of a year, but but when I was in that state working professionally, Alabama was not a dominant program, Tyler. They were good. No. But they were not dominant. I mean, again, I did a radio show in Mobile, Alabama for six years. You were in the you were in the low the low part. They had a, a Auburn, low part mid nineties, early like literally mid nineties after Gene Stallings. Yeah. They had a low part in the early two thousands. Until Saban. Yeah. And in in that, they they had a an eight win team. DuBose had an SEC championship season. He had the Orange Bowl year that was legit. Yeah, they were very good. Yeah. Uh, Shula, had a ten, Shula had a 10-win team. So I don't even remember that. Um, Franchoni had a good season. Franchoni had a short period of time, yeah. He was good. He had a good season. Yeah. Um, but the point is, is that they were not dominant. You know, I, I wrote that column. It's always, always – <clears throat> it got thrown in my face just this week. It's been 17 years. Um, I wrote a column – I want to say it was 2006, and Alabama played Mississippi State at Bryant-Denny. Mississippi State was coached by Sylvester Croom. And Mississippi State went to Alabama and beat them. Stadium was two-thirds full. It was kind of blah, frankly. Bama wasn't very good. And at the time, I mean, Alabama's headed towards this very 500-ish season. And I wrote that they'd been passed. Because at that moment, they'd been passed. I mean, I talked about how in the column, you have to quit living off Bryant. You have to quit. Because every, everything in their pregame back then was Bryant, Bryant, Bryant. That is pretty cool, though, by the way. And it is cool. But the, there was a point I was making, which is you won't be the, – as the kids – as the time passes, fewer kids remember who that is. No, a hundred percent. But I can tell you this: when I was when I was coaching Alabama, or even when I remember, I went there as an opponent as a coach in two thousand. What year was Obama elected? It was literally the week he was elected. Uh, we played there. That was two thousand eight. All right, so two thousand eight. Mm -hmm. We I was at Arkansas State. We went there literally the Saturday after the election. I remember that because I had to suspend one of my players, um, <clears throat> my best player. That was the first time I'd been in there as a – and I grew up an Auburn fan and all that, right? 
Dude, when that old when that old sweet home Alabama kicks in, and old and old Bear Bryant starts talking over the loudspeakers in the mm-hmm. locker room, give your boy a little. Ch- I, I get I got chill bumps, and then every single pregame. I'm not an Alabama fan growing up, right? I mean, I was diehard Auburn fan. Hated Alabama growing up, but some, I don't know what it was. I don't know if they put something in the air, but when when they hit that sweet home Alabama, when Leonard Skinner comes over the loudspeaker and Bear Bryant talks, now I am. I am raising my hand again. I redneck told, in redneck yeah, but, 101, but, but uh, again, it's pretty good. Now. But again, the point was, yeah. the point was not that that wasn't cool or whatever. I grew up an Alabama fan. Both of my parents have degrees from Alabama. It wasn't, that wasn't the point. The point was the 16 and 17 and 18 year old kids you're recruiting at that point. They didn't. And as time goes on, even more of them didn't No, yeah, they don't. And no so you, you had to move to something else. And I just was like, you it's, you're in trouble. And they knew it. They fired Mike Shula a month and a half later and hired Nick Saban and you know the rest. Um, it's worked out pretty good. It's, yeah, <laughs> but but the point is, the point is, is if the day ever comes that Nick Saban steps away, it's not a 100% lock that the next guy does the same thing over the next 15 years. The interesting thing for me will be one, with the portal era we're in now, how many, how much of the talent leaves, and then you have to restart with a new guy. That would be that's going to be critical whenever yeah. that change occurs. So, but as as it pertains to <clears throat> Kentucky, I mean, I, I think there's this this thing that people do. They're like, oh, well, Levis is gone, so they're going to fall off and they're going to go back to being. Hey, they've been pretty steady for a while now. Well, you know I, what I mean? I yeah, mean, my I mean, whole deal Stoops is- has done a really good job in in terms of program continuity. He went back and got the offensive coordinator who'd been successful before. Uh Leary was a pretty Liam good, Cohen. Leary was a pretty good quarterback at, at uh NC State. They were undefeated when he before he got hurt. You know, so I think they're one of the teams that if you put that exact same set of circumstances at say Auburn, everybody would go, Oh, look out. But because they're Kentucky uh, I see that. Because they're Kentucky, people don't do it. I just think you're I think you're more likely to see 2021 Kentucky than you are 2022 Kentucky. Not saying that's going to win too. the SEC East or anything like that. Sure. I just think you're you're more than likely going to see the 2021 version of Kentucky this year than you did last year. Were they seven and five, six and six last year? Seven and five and lost the bowl game. I can't remember something like that. But so, I know they were they played whatever. But all right, they lost to <clears> Iowa. Yes, they got hammered. All right, but here let's let's keep going here. Sam Hartman's leaving weight, going to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Good player, great college quarterback. Yeah, gonna give you a chance to win. Dylan Gabriel's in year two at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And watch out for – I'm just telling you, Oklahoma's coming to the league, so you're going to see the guy – you'll see him next year because he's coming to the league. You'll see him all the time. They got a freshman named Jackson, uh, Jackson Arnold. I think it's literally his name's Jackson Arnold. Yes. This guy can freaking play now. Yeah. He's a dude. He's going to be good, and he's going to have a year really to sit and learn. He's going to be the backup. He'll probably play some. But this guy's going to be good, especially when Levy's system. He's going to be good. Um, Cam Rising in Utah. The guy literally led his team to a Pac-12 championship. Nobody's talking about the guy. All right. Jay Lund Daniels at Kansas. Guy led him basically to an undefeated season until the last, what, three games a year? The running quarterback before he gets hurt late in the year at Kansas. Yeah. Good player. You got uh, Leah uh, Tagovailoa at Maryland, good player. And then one that nobody talks about. Some guys do. Some guys don't. If you want to you give, give you a uh, Heisman, I guarantee you it's a Heisman odds are through the roof. That would be great odds on a guy. Jordan Travis at Florida State. Oh, yeah. That kid can play, man. Yeah. 
and they're going to be they're going to be a good football team. He's going to be get plenty of pub. Now he's got the tough on the first week, but dude, he's he's a hell of a player. He's like year four in the system. He's he's a dude. Quinn Ewers at Texas, how good he was before he gets hurt last year. He's coming back. Mm-hmm. You got Joe Milton at Tennessee, good player. Spencer Rattler at all of his shit, good player, talented kid. Jackson Dart at Ole Miss, I think he's going to be the starter, but we'll see. Um, Riley Leonard at Duke, going to be a top, be a first two round draft pick, quarterback at Duke. Nobody mm-hmm. even knows the guy's name. Be right. a top two round draft pick, and we can keep going on and on and on. Uh, last guy I do want to say something about Cam Ward at Washington State. Yeah, the kid can play. So yeah. my point is this: is you got twenty five or thirty quarterbacks, maybe closer to thirty that can legit play. And you're talking about, and those are all Power Five schools. So you're talking about over half of your schools are going to have dudes. And you know, I didn't, I didn't go over some of them, but, but I think the year you're going to see good quarterback play, and I think the, the football is going to be a lot better this year. Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with the challenge in life, but when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. I've used therapy as a way to handle stress, clear negative thoughts, mentally relax a little. For me, it's a life changer. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable. It's entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey. Switch therapist anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off your first order. That's BetterHelp.com slash MPW. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I drink AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune system support, and I hate taking pills. I drink AG1 every morning. I love knowing I'm doing something good for my body, giving my body the nutrition it craves, and covering my nutritional basis. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water, drink it first thing each morning, done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality sourced ingredients. It's a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com mpw. That's athleticgreens.com mpw. Check it out. You see this right here? Watch this guy. From about a hundred feet away, at plus eighteen hundred. Oh, boom. there's your guy. Let's go. How about that? Well, if he is leading down the stretch, will you watch for me? Give me some good luck on Sunday. You'll have to let me know that it's happening. I'll give you a heads up. All right, all right. Xander with about a hundred foot putt. That is six birdies on the day, no bogeys. He's playing well. All right. Um, look, I, this. I was yesterday years old when I found this out. Um. I didn't even talk to you about this beforehand, but this was, this is bad, man. All right, so you know we're having all these recruiting rules change and all this stuff come August first. We're have going to like no unlimited uh, official visits for the kids and all that stuff. So I'm talking to one of the schools yesterday, and he's like, "Yeah, this is, this is happening." I'm like, "We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate." 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The NCAA is taking away host money for official visits. Okay. All right, so let me explain to all the fans what that is. So, Neil, let's say that you're a recruit, okay? okay. I'm a player on at ULM. Okay, we're going to be Warhawks. All right, awesome. All right. I the, co- the coach would come to me and be I like, commit. you commit, you're good. Coach would come to me and say, hey, I want you to be Neil's host this weekend. Okay. Okay, cool. And so what they do is they would give you host money – for you to take the, the player out after hours, entertain them for whatever reason. Sure. Right? Yeah. yeah, sure. And over time, this has been going on since as long as I can possibly fathom being involved in college football. This has been going on. And the number has changed. But I, mean, I remember what used to be like 30 bucks a night or whatever. I want to say it's somewhere between 75 and 100 a uh, weekend now mm-hmm. that you would give a, a player and that, that money would be used to like, okay, it's you're going out with a kid or whatever. You're going to – late night pick up burgers you're going to buy sure. beer whatever whatever you know you know whatever you're doing they're taking away that money that you're giving the player okay and then you're going to have to receipt it and be expensed and and put an expense report in for it to get reimbursed that's so stupid why that was my deal it's why, what are we doing all right let me tell you how bad this just is just give the host a hundred bucks and He's. I mean, I mean, we're look, paying players. Even all if this the month. kid, even even if the host ends up with an eighteen dollar profit, so what? Which is what they always have done. They're always going to end up with a profit. No one's ever going to spend more. But it was like you would get kids to host because they were like, "Hey, maybe I can get an extra twenty bucks in my pocket this week." And that's when you didn't get any, you know, any money, right? Sure. 
But here's what they don't realize. Okay, two things. So I'm going to be, uh, they don't have, this is, whoever came up with this rule is the same guy that said immediate eligibility is okay. It's probably the same exact guy that had his hand up. Oh, I got an idea. All right, so let me be hand-raised guy for the NCAA for a second because they don't have one apparently. And they got different, they, they come up with the weirdest shit, but this is the, this is the part of the NCAA that bothers me to death is when you come up with rules that absolutely make no sense. All right. Note to the NCAA, the places where they're going to be spending that host money is not going to be on an expense report. Okay. I've never seen somebody get a receipt for a cover charge. You think they're going to try to expense a half a case of beer? No. You think they're going to, they're going to be, when they go through the drive through at, at Taco Bell at two in the morning, do you think they're going to go, Hey, can I get a receipt with that? Yeah, but come on. No, and they're kids. All right. No, they're not. So this is what's going to happen. And they're, and some of these kids, now look, some of the kids make a ton of money in NIL, they'll be fine, but some kids don't have the money, especially at group of five schools, to even do this. So here's what's going to happen. The assistant coach is going to say, hey, here's 100 bucks. Take care of him. Mm-hmm. Guess what that's called? It's well, a violation. It's cheating, technically. But- right, but it's against the rules, and they right. will throw you under the jail for it if it gets, if it gets proven. Right. Okay. 100% that's what's going to happen. Of course. And everybody knows it already. So why would we put a rule in place that's going to cause people to break the rules? That makes no sense. In a system that wasn't broken, there was nothing wrong with it. No, it was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. So we're going we're going to force staffs to basically cheat. And I'll tell you, you may tell you what, another reason the coaches don't want it, and hell, I wouldn't want it either. Well, if I'm bringing in 20 kids a year, man, I say 100, 200, 200. I mean, I'm out two grand. <laughs> I'm out two grand that I would like to spend somewhere else. Hell, I may want to put it in my bank account. But coaches are going to be out money for their own because kids aren't going to do that. And then they're going to say, "Wait, a minute, where's your receipts? You didn't give it. You didn't get him anything." Now there's going to be an investigation. You're going to be looking to find something because kids aren't going to be turning in receipts. This is completely one of the dumbest rules to go in place in the history of the NCAA. Second behind where you couldn't pick them up. if it, You could used to not give them a ride. Even if it was a tornado coming down the road, you couldn't give them a ride. So it, it makes no sense. But anyway, that's that's my soapbox on that for the day. Um, Literally, they could be out in a thunderstorm, and you had to leave them out. Yeah, you, you used could. to. Not anymore. That was, that's 15 years old. But, yeah, used to. Yeah. This is why when people are like, hey, the NCAA is going to fix all this stuff. I'm like, man, you guys, you, you're asking – you're asking a lot. Well, that was my whole point is they change rules all the time. People don't realize it because it doesn't get publicized. Of course. But they change shit all the time. They can change anything they want to. That's that's why I said they could change the media eligibility. Um, and then this one, this one's going to be affecting it. And I, I want to talk about this. I mentioned it very briefly in a podcast probably about two months ago, but it's getting closer to time. Um, going from 42 evaluation days in the fall down to 33 is, is going to be a really big deal for staffs. Because you have to be very, very locked in on where you're going and who you're going to see. You got 42 days was already tough. Like, just, let's say you got your, like, I would try to have my list around 50 mm-hmm. going into the season. So I had 42 days and I was going, okay, I'm going to try to find eight days where if they're recruiting Neil McCready and Tyler Siski, I want to find when, when do they play each other. And so I can kill two birds with one stone. Like, you start trying to do stuff like that. But you, Knock it down to 33 days, it's going to get tight. Some head coaches still like to go on the road, and they're not going to go see but, like, the top guy, right? So now you put a little more pressure on it. 
you don't have these throwaway days anymore. So being very detailed and where you're doing logistics wise is going to be very important for recruiting staffs um, come the fall. So that's what, a big deal. What's the reason for taking the days away? I think they're. Um, is that something coaches want? By the way, no, not necessarily. Um, not the not in the fall. Okay, but they're cutting the days back in the spring as well, right? Because they're they're changing the rules to where it goes contact starting next January. So I think that has a little bit to do with it. Okay, they're kind of pulling everything back a little gotcha. bit. But it's just you have to be, and it's going to happen in the spring too. They're going from one sixty eight to one forty in the spring, and being organized and knowing where you're going is going to be really important. Like there's none of this like, hey, I'm going to Birmingham to see Neil McCready. Let me just stop by Gardendale and see who they have. Right. You're going to have to know exactly where you're going, and everybody's got to be on the same page. And a lot of staffs don't do that. So it's going to, it's going to cause some issues uh, amongst staffs, inner workings of staffs here before too long, and starting in the, starting in the fall. All right. Um, I thought this was hilarious. I saw – I got thinking about this. I'm going to the top here. So I, I was just reading on ESPN. I guess it was yesterday. Today the 15th. Yeah, it was yesterday. Chris Lowe did a story. Did you see this? I did. ESPN.com. Chris Lowe did a story about Nick Saban's kitty camp, for lack kids of a better camp, word. Yeah. Young, young kids. Yeah, so he did a story about the kids camp. And um, I didn't get a really – I got warned about it before we did it. And I didn't really – because we would have the high school camp the first week of June. And he's like – they were like, now, look, he's going to run this thing just like the high school camp. And I'm going like – they're 8 to 13. They're not. I mean, because we get – look now, camp at Alabama different than everywhere else. Yeah. It's sure. practice. It's practice. And people don't realize – like Nick Saban coaches in the camps just like he does on Tuesday of the LSU week. So during a high school camp, we would stretch them whatever, and we had what we call like a county fair, right? So we would have like bags, bag drills and – Wave drills, we had dots, we'd have a W W drill, all this stuff, uh, square cone drill, all this stuff for movement, and we would go around and, and evaluate players. They would go outside in position groups, and then I would walk Nick, but we'd start whatever position we started at, and I would walk, and let's say we started like receivers were right out the door, right? So we'd start with a Billy, and I'd say, Billy, I'm starting with you today. And so Billy would put all the prospects, the guys we were recruiting in the front of the line, and so myself and Nick, and I was really walking Nick around, telling him who the guys were, we're watching these kids go through drills, and we'd go to running backs, tight ends, so on, all the way around the field, right? Well, once we would always finish with DBs. Well, when we finished with DBs, he stopped. Like, because you always had to go to DBs last. He went in there and took over and would coach the high school DBs at camp yeah. like he was coaching on Tuesday of the LSU week, right? And no, no joke, 100, I mean, get after their ass, the whole deal. And then they were telling me, hey, look, kids camp's going to be just the same. I'm like, come on. Yeah, he's, like, not, he's not getting all over a nine-year-old. Come on. Come on. Because when I tell you kids camp was the same, and we had it back then, they're only doing one day now. We used to have a spend-the-night camp. We'd register Sunday afternoon. And it was like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and they go home half – they get half a day Wednesday. Parents come pick them up at like noon. Uh-huh. But he would – there was no prospects to evaluate, so he would go straight to the DBs. After the bag drills and stuff, we're doing bag drills and all this stuff with the with the players, I mean with the kids. Mm-hmm. And he's getting pissed off about how they're getting ran and all that stuff. I'll tell you about that in a second. <laughs> and uh, but he would go straight to the to the kids. And the kids like eight years old. And he's like, hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> hey. I mean, 
you know, <laughs> near leg, near shoulder, near leg, near shoulder. I mean, he's coaching them just like he always does. So that was a great article uh, that Chris wrote. It kind of took me back in time. But it was to the point of this. So I literally laughed because he wrote about this. This was one thing they told me to do, and I had to do it. So everybody has it. It's apparently still going on however many years later. So every Sunday you get – when Sunday camp started for registration, they would register at the uh, Mount Moore Center. Uh-huh. And then we he would be – he had a little tent, but he would – outside he would take his picture with every single camper. They right. would have their camp T-shirt on that they issued them, and they'd come up. He did his high school camps, everything. And we're talking about 1,200 kids now. And they would form a line. They would come in like the – the, on the side that the visiting team is on, yeah. they would come through that opposite gate and they would just start a line. And we were like at the 20-yard line or 15-yard line by the home uh, locker room. Yeah, This long line of kids. And they would come up and they would make – so I was with him. I had to go up as they were getting up. So I'd take like 10 or 12 at a time. But like, hey, look, make sure your shirt's tucked in. Your shirt – they had to tell them the shirt had to be tucked in. When you go up there, you shake his hand really hard. And you tell them what your name is and where you're from. Okay. And you would like rehearse it with them. Like he was, that was how, if it didn't happen, like if a kid came up there and his shirt was, I was getting my ass ripped. If a kid, if an eight year old shirt tail was out, <laughs> I mean, it had to be, it had to be perfect. Right. And so that's what we did. Right. And so this goes on for hours, hours. And then he'd get like 400 in. I mean, it's hot as hell out there too. Right. He'd be like, Hey, can I get a break? I mean, can I get a break? <laughs> so he'd go in the tent. We'd pause him for a minute. He'd get a little water or whatever because he's sweating bullets, man. He's out there. You know, we're, we're ch- kind of cheating the drill, but he would come in there and do that. Well, Chris Lowe writes about that, that somebody was having to go say, tuck your shirt, tail in, shake his hand. I started cracking up laughing. Yeah. I was like, yep, shit hadn't changed. <laughs> but the kids camp, I started cracking up laughing reading this article, and this is why. The closest I've ever come to a legit fist fight with an adult was at kids camp and it was with another coach who may or may not be a head football coach in this league right now. Oh God. All right. Okay. And so I remember now it was going, it was going to rain. I'm just going, st- I'm st- skipping right over it. I still right? got a little time left. I'm, so. skip, I'm skipping right over it. All right. So we are, it's going to rain. All right. And so we're in, it's going to rain. We're in a staff meeting and he was like, Hey, y'all talking to, Two, two coaches said, y'all need to have plans for what we're going to do with 1,200 kids when the rain comes. Like alternate practice plan. Because we had a legit practice right. twice a day. So that happened, and we left the staff meeting. Well, I do what I always do. We get ready. We go stretch lines. I'm with Nick. They finish stretching. He talks to the kids, and we break them up. And, like, half of the, half of the camp is doing, uh, like, running drills with uh, Scott Cochran. And then the older kids are doing the county fair part. All right, Nick takes this county fair stuff serious. And what I mean by county fair are the agility drills. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's his baby. Okay. All right. And there are two particular drills that he spends a majority of his time at, and that's the bag drills and the uh, old school monkey rolls, you know, like up, down, roll, you know, flip, all oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Kirby ran the, was, would always run the, the, what do you call it? Monkey drill or whatever it is. What do they call it? Monkey drill rolls. Where you're rolling over and a guy yeah. jumps over yeah, you. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Up, yeah. down, hit the ground, all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Military stuff. Usually so, three guys in a drill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Kirby ran that drill to make sure it was right. And then usually Lance Thompson would run the bag drill because he's been with Nick so long he knew exactly what he wanted. Okay. For the bag what, drill's like going over the chop, chop over yes, the bag. And, yeah, yeah, in and out, all this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And so during kids' camp, 
they would let the during kids camp. I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> I, I'm I'm literally I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm just so t- during kids camp. Hey, it's June, baby. We're getting we're getting fired up. I know, but I, I've heard so many Tuscaloosa <laughs> stories that I'm I'm super nervous. All right, so. So during the kids camp, there's 12 games in a bye week (laughs) in the season and and a full month of, I mean, so I'm already teetering on the, what do we think of this guy? All right. So we go, we're doing the bag drills and during the kids camp, they would let like the analysts and things like run the drills and stuff because it was kids camp. and They let the other guys coach a little bit, right, for the kids. Okay. And so Glenn Schumann is running the running the bags. Okay. And we go around and we get to the bags when Nick gets pissed. All right. Nick gets pissed. And he looks at me. He's like, hey, go do the drill the way I want it done. And I'm like, so I tell Schumann because I'm not coaching. I, I'm walking Nick around, showing him players, but there's no players to watch. So I'm kind of watching with him, right? And so I say, I tell Schumann, hey, coach wants it. He's like, I got you. And then um, he does something else. And he goes, hey, I want you to run the bags. So I go in there, I bump Schumann out of the way, and I start running the bag drills. All right? So I'm running bag drills. I, so I'm coaching, da, 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 over blowing whistles. Well, there was a coach that was supposed to do the game plans. Just comes up to me right in the middle of the drill, Right in the middle of the drill, it's like, hey, here's the practice plans. Go hand these to all the coaches. Right. I'm in the middle. Literally, I'm sending kids, and he just walks right in the middle of the drill like it, like we're not even there. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you're not doing anything. Why don't you go hand it to them? You're just walking around. Why don't you go hand it to them? He's like, who, who do you think you're talking to? And, dude, I just snapped. It was bad. I snapped. So are you and Kirby better now? Not Kirby. So we <laughs> – Kirby was at the Kirby was at the other drill, so we go. It starts getting crazy, and then of all people, Nick Nick Saban breaks us up. And he goes, "Hey, hey, what are you doing? Hey, hey, what are you doing?" And then it goes around, and and then nothing was else was ever said about it. It just went on like normal. Just another day in Disneyland. It's a great day. Um, but kids camp a, that is a fascinating Jeremy Pruitt story. Thank kids you. Camp, Thank you for that. Kids camp was where where that occurred kids camp of all places so the intensity of kids camp is legit so that's a good article by chris lowe you got any uh any bills you want to pay after that i mean <laughs> that was great i mean i won't have to worry about being confronted about it <laughs> i mean that won't happen it was great man i was said it's just it was it was it was intense. I'm intense running. I'm, I'm running my head in my head. I'm running names of SEC head coaches. Just going, yeah, get, trying to you have, figure it out. Trying to have plausible. I'll tell you. Available. I'll tell you later. All right. Um, yes, we are brought to you by Walk Ons <laughs> Sports Bistro. They've got 70 plus TVs. They have 40 plus ice cold beers on tap. I might need one. <laughs> they put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth watering, made from scratch Louisiana cuisine. Po boys gumbo voodoo shrimp plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads. You can take care of their, uh, they'll take care of your tailgating needs this season as well. Inquire today about their family and friends bundles, their tailgate platters, order online at walkons.com or on their convenient walk-ons app. Uh, especially if you're in Oxford or uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi, please check them out. 
Uh, tonight on MPW Digital, there's a hand raise, guys. It's presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Michael Bratton of That SEC Podcast is my guest. He has some pretty interesting thoughts on the upcoming 2023 SEC season. It's uh, hot outside. If your AC goes on the blink, you're going to want service, and you're going to want it quickly. You should get in touch with Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, but it's the same great people. Same great products, same great services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. All right. I um, thought this was interesting, um, especially who it came from. Deion Sanders did an interview with Joel, uh, Joel Clapp. Uh, mm -hmm. Fox, yeah, because Joel played quarterback, was a walk-on quarterback at Colorado. Okay, there were two, and he did an interview with him. I watched it. I thought there were two really interesting parts out of it. Okay, Dion, they were talking about NIL and all that stuff. He goes, "I don't have a problem with NIL. I have a problem with the collectives." And he went on his whole deal. He was not, he was not shy about it. And um, I was like, "Good for you." I, you know, with him being that vocal and people paying attention, mm -hmm. it's going to take people like him saying stuff about that to get some stuff taken care of. But he went on a whole deal, which was – I was glad to hear another coach say it, you know, because you – they want they I hear it all the time, but they don't say it publicly, right? Right, right. And he was talking about, you know, do they really deserve it yet and all that stuff and just pay for play and the whole deal. He went off. He was, he was literally saying what we've been saying for months. It was really good. So – well, he's his complaint is the collectives controlling. Well, he was saying how many kids. He said literally what we said not too long ago. He goes, how many college kids are on commercials? He goes, how many CEOs of companies want to put their company's name on a particular player? There's not that many players that would do that. Okay. He said the collectives are pay for play. Of course. It's not NIL. No. And so he was like, he doesn't have a problem with NIL. He goes, we have two players on our team that really deserve NIL, and that's Travis Hunter and his son, Shador Sanders. Okay. That's who can get NIL. He goes, but the collective handles everybody else. And so, you know, he, him saying that he had a problem with collectives, not the NIL, um, I thought was interesting from a college coach coming out publicly and saying that on an interview that's going to be watched a thousand, ten thousand million times. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've hit a point with it um, where I've talked about it so much that I'm yeah. tired of talking no, I'm just about saying it. it was no, interesting. I, yeah. No, it is interesting that, that, that coaches say that. I mean, I, I firmly believe that the market is going to correct itself over time. Yeah. It will if that's the case. I mean it can't not, right? It 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 will. Yeah. Logically it tells you it will. Now there's gonna be some people that get upset because they think that there's this massive payday coming. And frankly, in defense of the kids, there's a lot of people telling them that the payday's coming. Oh, you're going to get this, this, this. And I don't know what the number is. I heard a Bruce Feldman was being interviewed by Ryan Rossillo. I don't listen to a lot of sports. I listen to very little other like college football programming. If I'm going to listen, I, I don't listen to a lot of sports, period. If I do, it's typically NBA. But on this show, they were talking about pay for play and about the promises that are made. And Feldman, who's pretty connected in college football circles, knows a lot of coaches, was basically asked, you know, how many of the deals that get consummated actually come to fruition? 
He said about 20%. I said, that's about right. Where a guy is promised whatever X yeah, and gets that full 100% of X. It's rare. Yeah. No, it's... And so you've got kids out there that have heard the what is already fables. And they're going around on these visits. And they're expecting to hear these seven-figure offers. And there just aren't many of those. No. And of those, they're full of loopholes. 100%. So the, no. the, the wave of very disappointed, disillusioned, I got screwed kids is coming, in my opinion. Probably this year. I think it comes at the end of this season. Yeah, I agree I, with I think that. it begins to start. Mm-hmm. I can, no, we live in this, um, and I, I, I'm guilty of it too, right? We live in this instant. If, if someone says, hey, this is what I think is going to happen, and then it doesn't happen in three months, like, you're an idiot. <laughs> Nikola Jokic got drafted by the Nuggets nine years ago. Yeah. Things take time. They do. To percolate. He percolated. You know what I mean? No, I, I mean, do. things take time. You start a tequila company. You want to? Um, I, I, I talked to someone yesterday who did, and it was very interesting. But if you start a tequila company, you can get the Blanco out pretty quick. Okay? You can get the Reposado out fairly quick. But if you want to put the Anejo out, well, it's going to take a year because it has to, to be an Anejo. It, it has to store for a year. So... You can say, hey, we're going to have this great product. Yeah, but it's going to take some time. And I just think this NIL pay-for-play era, we're, it, we're at the very infancy of it. We're still very new. But because we live in a, hey, it's on Twitter every four seconds, thing, it feels like it's, oh, we've been doing this forever. No, you really haven't. It's, it is, it's just getting started. It's worn me out. And it's going to be, it's going to fix itself to some degree. The other thing of note of this of this interview was Clatt threw him a softball. Threw him a nice big old beach ball mm-hmm. on expectations. Just served it up to him. I'm talking about 3-0 right down the middle, 75-mile-an-hour batting practice. Okay. And he went the other way with it. Okay. So he was talking about expectations. So he was like, hey, basically set the question up like, Dion or said, you know, whatever it says, Coach Sanders. He goes, a lot of people don't, I mean, they, they just don't understand where this program was. It was at one and eleven, and what you got to build and all that stuff. I mean, just sets it up. Yeah, T ball for him to say, hey, it's going to take some time. It's take some, and blah, set blah, blah, it up. Blah. Mm-hmm. Nope, he said he wanted it all right now. He expects to go compete for it all this year. Well, look, I mean, he's there, and he's certainly entitled to his opinion and his optimism. If if Deion Sanders turns Colorado into a Pac-12 con- or Pac-10 or whatever the hell it is contender this year, my hat's off. Congratulations, you're better than you're better than I e- anyone thinks you are. K- kudos. Yeah, if he does that, he won't be there very long. Oh no, I mean he'll be able to t- this year. He'll he would be one. Well, of every, everyone will start going. What? How do you do this? I mean, I okay, we'll see. I mean, here's if the- he the here's the thing is like. 
we can call it what we want to call it. They don't have the NIL money, collective money, whatever you would like to call it. They don't have what everybody else has had. And if they're able to be that successful, because it's going to have to come from the portal, if they're going to be that successful. Yeah, they're going to have to really coach. And if and they got good coaches now. Yeah, I know, great, I know great assistant coaches. Yeah. You know, you got Charles Kelly. You know, you got Sean Lewis. You got Sunseri. You got there's some dudes there now. Yeah, sure. All right, they got great coaches. That's not going to be an issue. But if he, it's going to require a massive hit out of the portal, and it's not easy. I mean, they got to play Oregon. They can play USC. They start with TCU first mm-hmm. game of the week. Yep. First, they got to go. Nebraska's going to be better. You know, yep, everybody. Sure. You know, Matt rules at Nebraska. They're going to be better. They're doing the same thing. There's not. I mean, it's it's not the easiest schedule in America. So if he does it, then I'm with you. I'm a hats off to him. But that would probably. I want to see because I think adversity is going to hit them at some point in time this year. Sure, I, I think do it's too. safe. I would like to see how that response is. I'm curious. That's yeah. what I'm curious no, they're, about. They're one of the look. I didn't ever think about Colorado the last couple of years. No, I never spent a moment thinking. I wonder how Colorado's going to do Saturday. I'm curious this year. Yeah, they're they're, they're prime time first week. I mean, they're, 11 a.m. They game. are they are absolutely on the radar. This year, people, from the, from people the, are watching. Yeah, so you know that's was one of the goals, mission accomplished. All right, I, I'm going to come. And up. I'm not one of the people that wants to see him fail. I mean, if he fails, he fails. But I, I'm not one of these people. Oh, God, I hope that guy sucks. I'm not me. No, I'm not me. No, nobody. I don't. I don't know if anybody wants to see him fail. I'm curious. I've heard some people like, I don't. You know, that guy's whatever. I'm like, ah, come on. I mean, his personality. You want you want sports to have personality. So look, he's he's. If you can you can say one thing, he's been he's outside the box. He's done it different than everybody well, for else. Sure. Yeah. If it works, it's he's a genius. Now he set himself up, you know, in the media. If it doesn't work out, it's going to be rough because of of oh yeah, over no, the top people, stuff. People are going to laugh at him. It's kind of like when you go on social media unnecessarily and take shots at people. You set yourself up for sure. Okay, and and it's why I was never a trash talker. Yeah, I mean, ever, ever, ever. This thing called karma. You know, uh, he's he actually one of my players listens to this show, and he's going to know who he is. So the other day, just give you an example. The other day, a guy hit a uh, – it was a foul ball, but it was in – my third baseman had a little tough time redirecting and getting to a ball that was kind of hit down the third baseline foul. Yeah. Looked real bad athletically because of his hips wasn't exactly fluid. Mm-hmm. Well, he was on the bench because I roll him in and out. He was on the bench, and him and another guy that was on the bench were laughing. And I said, I said, what – I said, you couldn't do any better than that. You know, I said, yeah, I said, don't make fun of people. I said, no, that's not funny. Not. It'll come back to bite you. Mm-hmm. I shit you not. Two innings later, I put him in at second base, and it was a looper, a blooper, a looper right over the second baseman. Same damn thing happened to him. I, I was, I looked at him and went, karma. And baseball guys, they do, they hear everything. They will get you. Oh yeah, well, it's. I've been watching the last dance again, the Jordan thing. That's good. And one of the things that he said that I loved was, he held people to a high standard and all that stuff. Teammates. But that he, he never, he never asked a teammate to do something he wasn't willing to do. You 100%. know what I mean? You, you, yeah. It, karma's a real thing yeah. now with stuff like that. Just that's what I loved about Jokic the other night. Wins the title, walks right over and just shakes hands. Yeah, he was chill. Wasn't loved he? it. I, loved I, it. I would have been. I couldn't have been that chill, but he was chill. All right, I got that ask dude. You this. That dude's great. All right, in case N- we're- Nikola Jokic has turned me into a. A giant Nikola Jokic fan. You can't not like the guy the way he plays the game, huh? Yeah, it's like everything about him. All right, I got to speak in the NBA. I got to ask you this question in case we run out of time. Okay, this is a this is a Neil McCready question. Mm-hmm. Kind of looking forward to it. Would you rather? 
We're going to have a little would you rather right here. Okay. Would you rather have John Morant's problems or Zion Williamson's problems? You mean as a human being? <laughs> no. If you were a GM, would you oh. rather be the GM okay. dealing with John Morant's problems or be a GM dealing with Zion Williamson's problems? Okay, so with Ja, it's with both of them, it's the people they hang around. <laughs> with jeez. Uh, All right, there's no question in my mind that if both of them achieve their highest potential athletically, I want Zion all day long. Okay. Okay. Zion has the ability to be a top five NBA player. Now, I I have real questions about whether he's going to get there or not. (laughs) Well, yeah. But sure. With Ja, I mean, it's super close. Look, if if I'm the Pelicans. Yeah. And I can trade Zion and get the second or third pick in the draft. I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. Um, if I'm Memphis, I'm a little hesitant to trade Ja because he's so good. I would, and the stuff that he's done seems like it's more readily fixable. I mean, Zion, that, that those tweets the other night were rough. I mean, <laughs> that was. That was rough. <laughs> I mean, it was rough. <laughs> and <laughs> you're like, dude. I don't even feel comfortable talking about it. <laughs> well, she asked a question on Twitter, and my answer was, nope. Uh-uh, none. Uh-uh. None. Zero. Um, <laughs> I mean, just none. Not even a thought. Like, you're Zion Williamson. You make that much money. You're a superstar, and that's what you pick? <laughs> See, I got real judgment questions on both of them if I'm a GM. Like, it's like, what kind of judgment questions you got on Zion, Neil? That's what you picked? <laughs> of all the women in the world, that's what you picked? I mean, I mean she might be the only one who's got a bigger eating problem than you do. At least with Ja, it's like if you just stop carrying and running with the same people, we're good. We can overcome this. We can have a redemption story. With Zion, you got to worry now. You yeah. got to worry about his diet. Hang on, I got. We got to help our listeners real quick. Snide said he's googling Zion Williamson tweets. Don't do that at work. Thank you, Jason. Do not try, don't do that on your work yeah. computer because you may be unemployed by the end of the day. But you got to worry about his diet, and now you have to worry about his personal life because some of this is obviously going to be hanging over him. He's got to get stuff straight. I, I, Wouldn't you think if the, you were the, worth the, that much money, it could buy you less crazy? You would think, <laughs> and I think so. Here's here's my thing: if I'm if I'm a uh, if I'm an, a GM with one of those guys, and I just got through watching the NBA Finals, and I'm looking at Jamal Murray, and I'm looking at Nikola Jokic, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adeboyo, Jason Tatum. I'm looking at the career that LeBron had. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I'm even I'm, I'm starting to look at some of the young players in the league, Shea Gilgis Alexander in, in Oklahoma City. I'm looking at some of those guys and I'm like, I've got a mess on my hands. 
if I, I know if I'm New Orleans and I can move Williamson as much as it's risky as hell, if I can get assets for it, I do it. Well, you got one guy that that when he plays, he's a beast, and you got one guy and he's got probably a little bit more serious issues, right? Talking about legal serious issues, talking about John yeah. Morant. But when he yeah. plays, he's a dude. He's a dude. But then your other guy, you got another guy that's got more drama issues, big time. But he doesn't play. No, and 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 you know, I mean, it's cliche, but the best ability is availability, and 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 he doesn't play, and that. You know, there are a couple of guys on that team. So, C.J. McCollum plays for the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge C.J. McCollum fan. Like, head of the Players Association. Super smart guy. Um, One of those guys who, God, if you could give C.J. McCollum John Morant's physical ability, he'd be an all-timer. Yeah. And he practically is a top 20 player as it is. And I listened to him. I think it was on Rosillo. And he was being asked about Zion. And he, he he was careful. He couched his answers. But what you could hear in there is it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. It's time to – he says, you know, I, I won't say anything here that I am uh, unwilling to say to his face. And it's clear that there are some guys on that team who have had those conversations with him. McCollum. Brandon Ingram, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, NBA vets, right, who have played in the league for a while, who know how to do things the right way, who would kill to have his physical ability. I mean, what, what, I mean, like a guy like Valanciunas, I don't know if you're familiar with him, big European guy. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, You know, as CJ McCollum calls him, a walking double double. Just gets a double-double every night. If you gave him Zion's athletic ability, God, he would be Nikola Jokic. Yeah. And so it it has to be maddening inside that building. That And you know those guys. I'm sure some of those guys laughed at the tweets and stuff. And then I'm sure some of those guys were like, I want to win a title. This guy's got a max deal. If you're the GM, that's part of it, too, is like the NBA, the new CBA that's going into effect July the 1st, it makes it where you get a couple of guys on your team on max deals, and you're pretty restricted on what you can do to build around them. And so you've you've got two – if you're a a team that builds around two guys – those have to be two guys you can count on. You can't control injuries. Injuries happen. You know, right. a guy blows a knee or whatever, but but you have to have your two your two pillars. They got to be team guys. They got to be culture guys. They got to be like Jokic and and Murray. They've got to be, you know, a guy like LeBron, like Jordan. It has to be those kinds of people who Giannis Antetokounmpo. It has to be people that by God, this is the standard that we hold the organization to. And, and and if you're building and one of your pillars is a guy like Morant, who right now is not dependable, and a guy like Williamson, who is completely undependable, it has to be, from a fr- from an organizational standpoint, incredibly frustrating. And I'm going to say this, and again, I've never coached basketball a day in my life, but it's, not, it's, it's the same thing. I think both of these situations is a complete failure on the organizational's part as well for not protecting the investment. 
and I know everybody's like, well, they're grown men. They got to act like well. Grown so men. if you're the Grizzlies, what do you do? I mean, what could you have done differently? You you, you are you're paying somebody. How, what what do we say is getting made paid to two hundred fifty million dollars something like that? I mean, it was two hundred yeah, million dollars, right? Something like that. If I'm paying a, if I'm paying if I know because you know before you write that contract. Oh sure. You know the kid what what his problems are. Sure. Inside the building, you know. Oh, absolutely. I don't care what no, no, is no, no, out no. in public. Absolutely. They don't. You know it. what a kid's p- p- problems are. Yeah. This this news about the the porn stars was not news to the Pelicans. Same thing, right? Right. right. You know what the problems are, mm-hmm. and if you think that's going to be a problem, and I'm paying you two hundred and fifty million dollars, I'm going to pay somebody's ass whatever it takes two hundred fifty three hundred thousand dollars to basically be a professional babysitter. Right. That's true. That's called protecting the investment. In college football, those positions are called player development. If anybody ever wonders what all these former players come back and they get the job that says player development, that's protecting the investment. That's what they do yeah. on every staff in America. But at the end of the day, I don't know that there's anybody in either one of those organizations who can stop them from ultimately doing what they do you can't, you can't police them, three hundred and sixty-five days a year. You just can't. You have to make the attempt, and they probably have. But I'm, I, I'm just telling you, they probably have. See, I've been on the other side of it. So football, I, I know guys, you know guys, yeah. That the fans think, oh, they're great kids, man. They play great, dude. Had their player development had their thumb on their ass twenty-four-seven, yeah. three sixty-five, right. I'm talking about there's a little going, waking a, their ass up, making sure they're getting to class. Literally walking them to class yeah. to make sure you saw them go in the but class. there's a little different power structure there than when you have an NBA star who has a shoe deal, who has all of this outside money, and the people who are around him are dependent on him for their funds. For their style Correct. of life. Yeah, no, I'm with and you. And so that's where the difference is. And organizationally, I mean, I know what you're saying, and I generally agree with you, but organizationally, the Nuggets, for example, they just won the championship, so we'll use them. They don't really have the ability to say, hey, we must at all times make sure we know everything that Nikola Jokic and Aaron Mur- and, and Brandon Murray are doing. Some like I would say this. Jamal Murray. I keep going Brandon and okay. Aaron. Jamal Murray. 95 to, I mean, shit, maybe more than that. 97% of the people on a team, you don't have to worry about. Right. They're I, normal, mature human beings. Yeah. But you have crazies. But you have crazies. And I'm I, talking about you got crazies. I, I covered Ole Miss when Greg Hardy okay. was here. You got crazies. Yeah. And you have to have people. And it's not even. You Robert don't have Kimbichi. to be, But you have to, like, teach them. Why. You have to have somebody well, here's, here's, in their life that's going to hold them accountable. Well, here's a great example. Hugh Freeze and them did everything they could to kind of control Robert Kimdichie, Denzel Kimdichie. And they, at the end of the day, they couldn't do it. And look, I've met Robert's mom, Beverly. Great lady. Great the end of the day man sometimes sometimes people aren't controllable and that's where if, if and that's where if i'm if i'm if i'm the grizzlies if i'm the pelicans if i'm the nba i i keep hearing people kind of talk down the morant thing and i don't know what the punishment's going to be it's but, not going to be 10 games but but the nba has to get his attention yeah the nba has to make sure cuz hey there can't be a third strike it, you've you've this it's got to get better and and if you're the pelicans organization you've got to say hey we pay you 200 million dollars and we market you if you get to a place where a you're not marketable and b you're not on the floor 
you 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 have no value to us anymore. Yeah. Clutch Cam says the D-line has to have whack jobs, though. Not necessarily. I mean, look, I'm just going to be honest with you. High-level football players are awful anyway. I don't care how clean-cut they seem. Yeah. In the normal world, people would think it's weird. They're, they're, they're off a little bit. Agreed. I mean, it's just yeah. how everybody is. But you, at the end of the day, again, most, if, I'm, if most, I'm investing – Most high-level athletes are correct, off a little off. bit. Like, yeah. have you watched, uh, you watched any of the Bill Walton? Not yet. It's freaking great. I've heard. But – you're going to see he's different. Yeah. The Arnold Schwarzenegger deal that's on um, Netflix, mm-hmm. it's great. He's different. Yeah. But the mentality goes back to what we were talking about with the Conor McGregor thing. There's a commonality. It's their mentality. Right. If you want to see, you can find commonalities in how they're all three different people, but you can see commonality and mentality. So, hey, I want to finish up with this. Yeah, I, I, was, I, was, go. I was hoping we would. Okay. Um, I just want because I didn't want to start with it because it's kind of depressing, but um, oh, it's, very, aw- it's awful. Very sad, but uh, in case anybody didn't hear it, uh, MUS player Dion Stutz, who was an Arkansas uh, defensive line commit in the 24 class, uh, passed away on Tuesday from an ATV accident mm-hmm. on their farm in uh, Batesville, yep. Mississippi. Um, just to see somebody that had so much in front of them um, that passed away, I just thoughts and prayers are with. His family, the MUS family, just everybody. Um, it's even, just a bad deal. Man. Even some schools that weren't sure whether they thought he was a, you know, whether they thought they how far they wanted to take his recruiting, even those schools really liked the young man. Yeah. They really liked the kid. Um, he was a kind of a country boy kid and liked his cows and all that stuff and went to MUS and was very popular there with his classmates. Um, yeah, and the, the the football part of it's immaterial. Just you feel for everybody involved in it, all, all his teammates at MUS. Uh, I know he had already become kind of buddies with some other fellow commitments in that 2024 class at Arkansas. And there's a lot of young people, I mean, you know, that that's, that's mind-boggling for to someone like that to one day be – such a bright future and have so much in front of you and then the next day they're just gone that's yeah. that's uh that's that's tough and i know it happens more than we talk about it you know young people losing their life that have a lot ahead of them and it's not they don't have to be football players it's anybody right For sure. and um and yes. i guess this is part of getting older but the older you get it seems to be more frequent you know or you you pay attention more maybe because you have kids or whatever it is yeah. you know um, just really sad. That was a, that was a bad, I mean, that, that was terrible. I saw that, uh, I guess it was Wednesday yesterday. I saw that whenever. It yeah. He, he was a kid that Ole Miss had recruited a, a good bit. He had been here on, on a couple of visits and I know the people there at Ole Miss spoke highly of, of the kid, the yeah. person, you know, the football part, people measure and they yeah, explosiveness yeah. and all that stuff. And you make decisions and sometimes those decisions are right. And sometimes those decisions don't work out, but they liked the kid a lot, and yeah. and I know that um, I know that the staff at Arkansas really liked the kid. Um, you know, be, they obviously thought highly of him as a football player too, but they really liked his personality. Yeah, I think they thought that. I think they thought that he was one of those kids who had a chance. Obviously, you know, it's hard to project that stuff, but that he had a chance to not only be a, a good player there, but to be one of the kind of locker room. Yeah, glue guys. It's a huge loss. It's a 
just feel awful for his parents. Yeah. And his teammates and his friends and his family. Just that's just an awful thing. I can't I can't imagine. I don't want to imagine. I, I just that's awful. And my thoughts and prayers for whatever they're worth go out to everyone who knew him. Yep. Same. All right. We will uh we'll wrap there. We'll be back next week with uh more McCready and Siski. Brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams of natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, and zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Uh, don't forget, we'll have um, Hand Raise Guys tonight at 7 on um, MPW Digital, and it'll be available as a Friday Oxford Exxon podcast. For Tyler, I'm Neil. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.